let's talk about something else altogether. Although it is about intergenerational life and lifestyles, there's a professor at the U of T who's been working on research about introducing young people to older people and then sort of seeing what the chemistry becomes. And there's an awful lot of research and a lot of experience, actually, that shows that mixing the generations is good. Because one of the worst aspects, I think, of old age is that you end up spending most of your time with people who are exactly like you. And you move into a home where every single person is elderly. And so you lose that intergenerational magic. Raza Mirza joins us now to talk about their research. It's nice to have you. Good morning. Thanks so much. Yes, good morning. Okay, so I, I, was this actually a structured experiment or is just sort of something you've been observing in engineering? Well, I, you could call it a structured experiment, but um, essentially what happened is for the last few years I've been teaching this class on health and aging. One of the questions that I ask at the beginning of class to these younger students from the University of Toronto is, when was the last time you interacted with an older person? And I would say that 90% of those students would say, I haven't. I haven't interacted with one um, person who's maybe 30, 40 years older than me for uh, two, three, four years. I actually don't know people who are of an older age, just like you're suggesting. So we thought, you know, what's a better way for them to learn about the experiences of aging than to actually bring them into Christie Gardens retirement community and long-term care and really give them a full exposure to that. And so they took the full class this year in the home with 25 older adults sitting in as students in the class as well. How did it go then? Because I have to think there's two ways of looking at this. You could look at it the lens of what was it like for the older people to encounter and spend time mm. with younger people, but also how novel was it for these young people to hang out with older people who weren't their grandparents? Well, I can tell you that, uh, you know, one of the most heartwarming experiences that I had was to see the friendships develop over the course of the semester. And if, if you really think about it, the semester is about 24 hours in total. It's 12 classes, two hours each. And so for us to see the, the transition from day one to day 13, from when they were all sitting separately, and what we did was we took these class photos. In the first class photo, everybody's sitting kind of separately. By the end of it, they're all sitting together and they're friends and they're hanging out outside of class. I love one of the poems that is quoted in an account I'm looking at where one of your elder uh, students uh, wrote a poem. It says, I'm an old woman. Who do you see? Little old lady, dearie, sweetie, wrinkled, diminished, dried up, anti, sexless. Would you like to see my sex toys? I'm sure that raised a few eyebrows amongst your younger students. Actually, it did raise some eyebrows, but it also got them to think about things in ways that they haven't. And so there's all these ages stereotypes and the ways that we think about older people and also the other way older people thinking about younger people and i think this like prolonged engagement that they had and they were brought together in this very structured way really opened their eyes to the different experiences and perspectives of people my mom in her elder years was convinced that she and my dad were sort of frowned upon when they went to a restaurant because nobody liked old people is that something you've encountered I would say that there is a lot of ageism in society. I think that there are spaces and places where people who have different ages, whether you're younger or older, feel welcome or they feel unwelcome. And that there is sometimes this sort of institutional ageism where whether it's a retail or it's a workplace where 
you know, s- certain ages are valued, whether it's a younger person or it's an older person. And so I can understand why your parents felt that way. And I think experiences like this one that we had in this class really, again, changes people's minds. And after a few weeks, nobody thought about their age. So how do we regularize this? Because, it, you know, seniors live usually with other seniors and not in an environment where a young person, aside from a relative, would ever come to see them. I think what this this um, classroom, again, highlights for us is what the power of all of these generations together really is and how we can harness that in structured ways. So if you think about places like the healthcare system, you think about places like the workforce, we need multiple generations to be working together and, and learning from one another and exchanging from one another. I think the classroom setting is really one place also where there can be learning like this. So we're taking this model and we're trying to build a little bit of a toolkit around it so that other institutions, universities, colleges and high schools can implement um, programs like this one where older adults and younger people can interact and you know, we'll move towards a much more age integrated society is what my aim is and have your students remained friends with these uh, these people yes they have actually and you know I, on a number of occasions when i've gone to christy gardens on my own time because my colleague who's 89 lives there i've seen them there on their own and they're participating in you know dancing with parkinson's and they're at the holly sale and they're they're meeting each other for tea and coffee so they have for this semester and i'm hoping that they will in the long term as well Thank you for this. Fascinating work. You're welcome. Thanks so much. University of Toronto professor who's made his, uh, Raza Mirza, who's made his work exploring how to bring older and younger people together and how to make those experiences meaningful. One opportunity for me, you know, if if in all the years I spent on radio, there's only one thing that anybody remembers. I hope it's the quote from Sister Helen Prejean, which is the greatest gift you can give is your presence. And I can't be the first person to have appreciated after a good long time. I would go and visit my dad and I'd realize he some days didn't know who I was, and usually I would, you know, I had to go to Ottawa to see my dad. I used to have to go to Montreal, but when he was in his uh, darkest phase um, with the least amount of memory and engagement, I had to go to Ottawa, and I would go home the next day, and my sister would call and say, Dad wants to know when you're going to come and see him again. Um, it's to just be with somebody can be a big deal. And so I realized, for example, and maybe you've had this experience when you visit somebody in the hospital, for example, and you busily try to make conversation to distract from the fact that they're in the hospital and maybe they're actually dying. If you just sometimes sit quietly together, that's okay.